Hey everybody, thank you for joining us for today's episode of Real Estate Disruptors. Today we have Sean O'Rourke with Simple Home Exits. And Sean flew in from Tupelo, Mississippi to share how he went from broke to multi-million dollar flipper. If this is your first time tuning in, I'm Steve Trang, sales trainer for some of the top wholesalers in the country. And I'm on a mission to create 100 millionaires. One question I get all the time is how to become one of the 100 millionaires. And the information on this podcast alone is enough to help you become a millionaire in the next five to seven years. Take consistent action and you will become one. When you hear a nugget, please type it in the comment section. And after the comments or after the show, identify your single biggest takeaway and focus on just that for the next seven days. If you get value today, please tag your friend below, share this episode right now. That way we can all grow together. This is a live show, so please ask your questions for Sean to answer. You ready? Ready. All right. So the first question is, what got you into real estate? Uh, necessity. Necessity. Yes. So right. I had a, I was working a full-time job, four kids and a wife, and I was working paycheck to paycheck. I mean, I made, I made good money at what I did. I was a production manager at a plant, um, but my bills were set to my check mm-hmm. and I hated it. Absolutely hated it. And so I just got tired of the monotonous rat race and I said, there's got to be something easier out there. So you said you're making good money. Yeah. All right. I think it's perspective. It is. Because you're living in, in Mississippi. Yes. So what was good money for you? Yeah. Good money was around 80000 a year. I mean, that seems like that should buy you just about anything. It did. It did. It bought me anything, but it was a bill. <laughs> you know, so gotcha. it, it, it bought me what I wanted, but it also bought me debt. And, uh, gotcha. You said production manager? I was, yeah. So what were you responsible for? I was responsible for all of um, any kind of production to uh, on the manufacturing floor, all of the employees on the floor. So it was close to 60 different employees that we had. And um, first, second, and third shift, I was over all the shift lead managers, and uh, we manufactured um, pharmaceutical coolers. Gotcha. Sexy. <laughs> uh, what kind of hours were you working? I worked a nine to five. So okay, so it. you weren't killing yourself. No, I wasn't. I I did for a while, and okay. then I made. I I had the ability to make my workload easier by figuring out little tricks of the trade because I'm lazy. <laughs> you know, if you want to be honest about it. Yeah, if you want, I mean, the the old uh, adage, right? If you want to get something done, give it to someone lazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay, so you did that. I mean, it wasn't like one day you woke up with four kids. No. No. Yeah. So you were doing this. What was it like the impetus? What was it the, the thing that like changed? Like, okay, I, something's got to give. Yeah. So my boss had come to me and said, Sean, I know you had built a couple of houses for yourself before, you know, the, contra- uh, the construction process. Um, would you be interested in helping me flip a house? And I said, yeah, sure. Absolutely. If I can make a few thousand dollars on the side doing that. So I started managing the process. Mm-hmm. And I found the contractor and we found the house, found the house for him and we started flipping the house and the contractor was an absolute nightmare. You know, he was got on drugs and stole light bulbs and just crazy things, you know, and I was light like, bulbs. yeah, what kind of money in for light bulbs? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So, um, I just, I thought to myself, there has got to be something easier than what I'm doing right here. Mm-hmm. So I got on YouTube and I started searching up, so I was searching, you know, real estate, how, how to make money in real estate yeah. and found wholesaling. And when was this? This was in um, September of 18. September 18. Yeah. Because I was, you know, going through your Facebook. Yeah. And I saw you were at uh, um, We Live. Yes. 19. I was. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah. So was that before or after you, you you started gaining traction? That was that was before. So I I had um, I'd done two wholesale deals or mm-hmm. gotten two contracts. I gotten five contracts and three of them fell out because I didn't know what I was doing. Okay. Normal. Yeah. And and uh, and I'd gotten on uh, Max Maxwell's YouTube and mm-hmm. he sold me on on uh, on RVM and so that's how I ended up starting. Nice. Okay. And um, <clears throat> and then. Um, so I went to the We Live event mm-hmm. after that, but uh, I met Adam and uh, Adam and Brent, and oh, that's how you connected with them. I connected with them before, so okay. I, yeah, I'd found them on Facebook and found out that they were from Mississippi, and uh, skip traced Adam, searched him down, <laughs> <laughs> and um, and but I went to the We Live event with them. Gotcha. I heard there was a fantastic speaker. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was teaching sales. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. So. You get started. You go to We Live. What happened after that? Um, that year, I hustled. Mm-hmm. So on my breaks, at lunch, on my way home, I was going, running phone calls, going on appointments, getting deals. I did thirty six deals my first year on breaks. Uh, yeah, lunch break, like any 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 break, a fifteen minute break, I would be on the phone. Hey, I got a couple minutes. You have a minute to talk. Tell me a little bit about your house. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, um, and that progression of doing that put me at 36 deals my first year. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then after the first couple, I knew it was viable. Right. Okay. So my first deal, I made 700 bucks. So let's talk about your first deal. Absolutely. Yeah. So what I did is, um, I had pulled a list and I'd bought into an RVM platform mm-hmm. Put that thing on on um, on the RVM that list, and my phone blew up because I didn't set it up right. So I was getting thirty calls a minute. You know, I'm like, what <laughs> <laughs> it ended up luckily I caught one, yeah. and uh, it was Mr. Price, and he um, he had inherited two houses from his mother, mm-hmm. and didn't know what to do with them, and so I got one house under contract for ten grand, the other one was for twelve grand. Um, <clears throat> come home to my wife, and I'm like. I got a house. Yeah. What do I do? You know, and yeah. I figured it out. I uh, went on Facebook, posted it on Facebook, and in a couple of days, I sold it to a guy and had no idea about negotiating the price. He negotiated the stew out of me because he knew the deal. Right. I mean, <clears throat> part of being new in the business, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, now if someone comes to you new, you can kind of smell it. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. And you might be a little harsher on negotiations. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So, but but I got the contract and uh, closed it in two or three weeks. And but it was two houses, and you made seven hundred dollars. It was on one house. The okay. other house was okay. a tax deed uh-huh. that took a year to clear up. Got it. Okay. But I ended up making I think two thousand on that one a year after that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. So you're doing deals. It was RVM you said for both of them. Yes. Those two deals from the same person, and then you do thirty six deals in your first year. Uh-huh. And just for context for everybody that's listening or watching, um, how big is your town? 44,000 people. 44,000 yeah. people. Yeah. So that's, we have about 5 million here. So we have about 100 times as many people yeah. here. How do you do deals in a town with 44,000 people? Yeah, you have to be creative and be willing to think outside the box. Yeah. So, um, you know, not... I guess my stupidity allowed me to be successful. You didn't know how hard it would be, or you, you didn't, in your mind, it's like, oh, 44,000, that market's too small. Yeah. Yeah. No, it wasn't. No. Yeah. It was like, 
let's hit the ground running and figure this out. Gotcha. And I mean, I would do a deal from uh, anything from a single family house. I did a deal that year for uh, with 16 house package deal. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people hadn't even done anything like that. That was my probably one of my biggest wholesale deals that I did that year. Gotcha. I did a multifamily deal that year of 32 house, 32 door apartment complex mm-hmm. that I would have bought now. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Now where you now that you're in this position today. So let's just put it uh, again for perspective here. What is the property worth? What are you tying it up for? What are you wholesaling it for? Mm. Now, like in a general? At that time. At that time. On average, a house was going to be the ARV value is going to be somewhere between 50 to 80 to 1,000. Mm-hmm. Um, I would lock it up somewhere in the 35,000 range and I would wholesale it for 40. Thousand probably. I initially, when I first started the, at the beginning of the year, five grand was a great goal for me. Mm-hmm. And um, and then as I went through the year, I just changed mindset and said I want fifteen grand. Mm-hmm. And everything you're getting it. Yes, yes. It was all mindset going into the process of mm-hmm. trying to get, acquire the house. Gotcha. Yeah. And I asked this question because I know, like, I'm thinking and talking with Brent and Adam and some of the other guys. That market, like, man, like, if you can get past seven or eight thousand, you're doing pretty good. Yeah. So you're getting 15. So 36 deals, 15,000. So here was the thing that kind of shocked me when I met you at Real Estate Roundup uh, with uh, Brandon Adams' event. You were doing all these deals and you would not quit your job. <laughs> and so, uh, can you elaborate on that story? Because I think, you know, we had uh, Brian Regpu on the show before and he had the same thing. Mm-hmm. Talk about why you wouldn't quit your job. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> the biggest thing, I guess, is um, I had a family mm-hmm. and the fear of not knowing that you could be successful, I guess, at what you do is what held me back. <clears throat> I you already had <laughs> all this success. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But but um, I wanted a safety net, mm-hmm. you know, and and um, and so. I wanted to make sure that no matter what happened, I could provide for my family. Yeah. Looking at perspective, my wife says material things matter, don't matter anyway. Mm-hmm. So go for what you believe, go for your dream. Um, but as a man, I'm like, can I really do it? Yeah. Yeah. I can, I can do it on the side and I can make good money and I can buy some rental properties, but can I really do it? Mm-hmm. And so that's what held me back. So, did you quit after one? Like, how long until you quit? I started um, November of 18 and then I uh, quit in July of 20. <laughs> so, in your first full year, 36 deals, what does that bring in? 300. $300,000. Mm-hmm. And you still did not feel. How much were you making your other job? 80. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm, I'm just putting this out here for you guys because I recognize this is a mental block, mm. right? And I'm not saying it's a bad quality. It's just this is one of those mental hurdles. And, you know, it's easy as a business owner to, like, give someone a hard time. It's like, what are you thinking? What's the matter with you, right? Yeah. But you, there is a real fear that you experienced. Absolutely. And I imagine probably Brent and Adam were in your ear giving you a hard time. Well, actually, um, Adam would tell me, you know, he would say, you do what makes you feel best. You know, he was actually very supportive mm-hmm. in, in that decision. So um, I imagine behind the scenes, they were like, that idiot ought to go take his job. You know? <laughs> but uh, he's got a real knack at making you feel good. Yeah. So. Well, because I know, like, uh, we've had Max Maxwell on the show. Yeah. And we had Scott Utz on the show. And they were both, like, 
beating the crap out of Brian. Yeah. Right. To quit his job. And he wouldn't do it. And he, and he, he held firm like you, right. Until it made sense. Yeah. Um, so for you, what, what happened for it to make sense for mm-hmm. you to quit your job? There was two things. One, I, I had an idea of what kind of cash flow I wanted from the rentals that I, were able, that I started to, to come to acquire. Mm-hmm. Um, that was one thing. And I didn't meet that goal before I quit. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing was I have two business partners and now. So yeah. um, they had come to me and we had done some deals. I'd sold them some things, some multifamily stuff. Um, I had um, kind of helped them through the single family side and, um, and they came to me, you know, a couple of times and they're like, Sean, just quit your job, man. Team up with us. We're mm-hmm. going to, you know, we'll rock and roll. And, oh gosh, it was, it was bad. You know, yeah. and I, and I literally, um, they had come to me, I guess the third time. And, uh, I told them, I was like, give me a couple of days. And I took a day off work. I got in a hammock. I, I prayed all day, you know, yeah. Lord, what do I need to do? And, um, just felt comfortable about it. Went to them the next day and was like, Let's do this. Right. And we just hit the ground running. And I mean, it just is, it is exploding. What was your target? I think you said that you didn't hit it yet when you quit, but what was your target? So you say, if I get this amount, I'll quit. It was 5,000 a month in cash flow after everything, all expenses. Right. So after property management, after servicing vacancy, everything. Yeah. 5,000 a month, that'd be enough for you to quit your job. Mm -hmm. Got it. So how many rentals did you have when you quit your job? 16, maybe. Okay. And what was that bringing 20, in? Maybe it was 24. I can't remember now. Um, total gross. Um, oh, gosh. I'd have to look at my phone. I don't even, I still don't mm-hmm. even know exactly what it is. Yeah. So here's what I, I will say, right? Uh, Brent and Adam, for those of you guys that are watching, Brent Marino, Adam Johnson, uh, Real Estate Roundup, they flew me out to go speak at Real Estate Roundup. And as I'm out there, I'm in the back and there's this panel. And you were in the far right and they went to you last. And I was just sitting there watching, you know, just kind of paying attention, small chat in the back of the room, but just watching the panel. And then someone said, you know, this Sean and Adam was like, you know, this guy hasn't quit his job yet. It's like, yeah, you know, it's not unusual, blah, blah, blah. And then they casually drop, by the way, Sean owns 16 rental properties (laughs) to which I responded internally. What the hell? (laughs) Right. I'm over here busting my butt. They're they're flying me. Right. They're putting me in a nice room. And this guy over here has got all these rental properties. <laughs> so can you talk about rental properties in Mississippi? Because I think for me, that was the first time where my eyes were actually opened mm. on the possibility of different cap rates yields across the country. Yeah. So can you talk about um A, your targeted cap rate or yield, whatever? Yeah. And what's possible? In Mississippi. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll tell you what, I'll run a deal down. It's a pretty cool deal that I got the other day or yeah. probably a month ago or so. So <clears throat> kind of what we had talked about before, if it's not 2% or better, per two, month. three, I'm not buying it. There's no way, right? Yeah. I'll wholesale it to some guys because in their opinion, it's what they are willing to make. Yeah. But for me, it's not. It's not so just for everyone to understand, 2% of purchase price yeah. per month. Yeah, so if I buy it for fifty, I need to be making a thousand dollars a month. Yeah. Um, and so that's that's the standard of what I shoot for, and mm-hmm. that's going to be any anything across the board. If it's a single family house, multifamily is a little bit different. Um, but you know we have a um, 
uh, an apartment complex there pretty close and it's about the same at the two percent yeah you know so um that's that's the so that's let's the talk about that deal yeah so um had a guy call me um off of one of our cold callers that he'd called in and it just happened to ring my phone because nobody else was in the office and so it rang rang my phone and i answered it and he said hey i've got a house here um i was wondering if you'd be interested in possibly buying it i'd gotten a voice message from me i said yeah absolutely and um uh Ended up locking that house up for fourteen thousand. I uh, put six thousand in it. I, I bought it from my. Ended up buying it from the company. Mm-hmm. Personal. Bought it from the company. Uh, put about six thousand in it, and I right now that one's written for seven hundred a month. So if you kind of get it in perspective there, yeah. as far as dollar wise goes, uh, I had a little bit of foundation issue. You know, you have contractors out there that'll squeeze underneath the floor and jack it up and. So seven seven hundred a month. Yeah. Into it for twenty thousand. Yeah. So two percent of that's four hundred. Yeah. So you're doing three and a half percent. Yeah. Per month. Absolutely. So that's a yield of three and a half percent per month, which is like, I don't know, forty plus yeah. per year. So in two and a half years that's paid off. Yes, absolutely. If that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. Yeah. And over here in Phoenix, <laughs> we're fighting for four percent. Yeah. <laughs> right? We're we're fighting for a four percent cap rate. Yeah. And you personally are taking down if it's at least twenty four in this instance, forty. Absolutely, and and people even on our team. So we'll have deals that come in. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ashley works for us, and she's wanting to get into rentals. Mm-hmm. We bought one. Uh, we got one under contract the other day. I think uh, for nineteen thousand or so. It's going to take probably five to eight grand. She's she bought it from the company, paid a wholesale fee, bought it from the company. And uh, is going to rehab it, and she's going to rent it out for eight hundred a month. Mm-hmm. Free one, you know, just yeah. that's kind of stuff we want our we want our team to be able to grow with us too. So why is that possible? Well, rents are rents are um, continuing to grow in our mm-hmm. area. Uh, we don't have inflation like the rest of the country. Yeah. So inflation doesn't happen. You know, we're at two percent inflation rate, maybe, and it usually stays consistent. We don't see the spikes. Mm-hmm. So, but currently, especially with COVID and everything else, rent rates are continuing to rise. So rents continue to go up, yeah. but you're seeing very minimal appreciation. That's exactly right. And so it's getting better to be a landlord. Absolutely. And you burn that stuff out and get tax-free money. Yeah. So let's talk about Burr in a second. Um, you said something interesting here. You said Ashley? Yes. On your team. So you want your team to get wealthy with you. Absolutely. Let's talk about that. So what's the motivation and, and how do you do that? Yeah. So we, I train, I work with them, you know, everybody in my other two partners, they teach and show people how to make money work for them instead of them working for money. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's incentives, but then also there's standards that we put in place. I ask everybody on our team to to give me goals. What is your one year goal? What is your five year goal? What's your 10 year goal? And we need to have those on a list so that I can look at those goals and say, okay, how do I help my teammate achieve what they're wanting to do? Mm-hmm. If it's not a rental, that's fine. If it's not real estate, that's fine. But I still want to be able to figure out how to do that. That brings camaraderie. Mm-hmm. You know, they care about who they work with and, and I care about them, you know. And, and so, um, you know, if they want to buy a house, uh, we've got a young guy, his name's Caleb. He's, he's I think, 19 or so. Um, smart, you know, and he saved up. Already forty thousand dollars, and he's nineteen, wanting to buy a rental house, you know. And he just came to us, said, "Man, I don't care if you pay me or not. I just want to work and learn from you." Well, of course, we're going to pay him, right? You know, but um, we, that's how we just we just want to grow. 
uh, together. We want everybody to be successful together. So how big is your organization right now? Six. There's six, um, five people that are employed and then three partners. And everyone has the opportunity to partake. Absolutely. How do they partake? They can either, um, they can buy a wholesale, they can buy a deal from us at a discounted rate. They can, um, they also learn. So every morning we have sales training. Um, and I told the guys, you know, guys, I, if you guys don't want to be here long term, if something happens, fine. I don't mm-hmm. expect you to sit here the whole time. So um, they can, they can invest in multifamily. So if we want multifamily, uh, if we have multifamily and they have a little bit of cash and they want to put it in and get some type of equity or something out of it, um, they can invest there. Um, some of our employees lend money to us, lend money to the company for our flips. So nice. and they get nice returns back on that. So they're, they're hard money lenders. Mm-hmm. Um, anything in between really, you know, we, yeah. so. All right. So let's talk about the burr component. Um, so it's really hard to burr here in Phoenix. <laughs> and so we're actually moving, not moving, adding Oklahoma city to our, uh, to another market that we're going to be doing business in so that I can burr. Right. Yeah. How is, how are your burrs doing or wh- how's that, you know, you're talking about tax free money. How's that working out for you? Yeah. So I have two different strategies that I do on burring. Okay. Um, one strategy is, and I'll give you another example on a deal. So I'd bought, I've bought three houses. One house, um, was 2,500 square foot. I had a little bit of foundation issue. I bought it for $30,000, five bedroom, two bath house. Okay. Um, and I'd, I'd owned two other houses that had mortgages on them, private money mortgage, private money lended on them to buy. So what I do is I'll go to a private money lender and I say, Hey, I'm going to give you X amount of return to lend me money for X amount of time frame, mm-hmm. And, uh, I'm going to take this property down and then I'm going to refinance it in a couple, three months and, uh, and pay you back. And so I had these houses under that. Went to the bank and I said, "Hey, Mr. Banker, um, I've got this 2,500 square foot house. It should appraise for about 175. Um, I want to get a loan on it." So I burred that house out. I did foundation work and then I put some new light fixtures in. That was it. Right. So eight thousand dollars in foundation work and then a couple of grand in light fixtures and mm-hmm. install. And yeah. um, it come back and it appraised out. Got thirty percent of that, so I got 135. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd paid 30 for the house plus, so let's just say 40 altogether, all in. Um, and then I took the rest of that cash and I paid off the other two loans mm-hmm. and then took 20 grand and put it in my pocket. So yeah. I got 20 grand. I now own two houses free and clear and one that's debt loaded. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's crazy to me what you can do with the Burr strategy. So, um, again, let's, let's talk about 2021 numbers. What are you buying for right now, and what are the ARVs? Mm. Yeah, so I mean, on the flips, let's yeah. just kind of go with the flip side. <clears throat> We're buying anywhere from. Well, we have a house that's closing Friday. Uh, we bought that house for thirty-two thousand, maybe, I believe. And uh, well, if I had my phone, I could tell you exact numbers, but it's thirty-two thousand. I believe we put um, fifteen or so in it, and we sold it at one ten. Yeah. So why not burr that one? It was out in the county. 
it's not in an area it's kind of far away it wasn't Mm -hmm. plus um you know we generate quite a bit of income off of flips so if we can right now is in my opinion is the time to flip if we can flip Mm -hmm. so get the money while the money's good because i still think that after the market starts tanking i can still buy these houses at 30 grand yeah and rent them for 800 a month so what is your criteria then for deciding whether to Burr it? I mean, are those your two strategies, burr it or flip it? No, it's, um, we will, we'll buy and hold. Mm-hmm. We'll, um, we'll burr if we, if we can make quite a bit off of it, we will flip or we wholesale okay. or hotel. So we'll do really any strategy and we have to kind of do that because of our market. Yeah. We have to be open to a lot of different strategies. Right. And then you mentioned you kind of expanded out. Yeah. Yeah. So hundred miles. Something like that, yeah. So Man. we're anywhere in between, yeah. So that still doesn't get you to Hattiesburg? No. Okay. All right. So we talked about, you know, your journey to this point, but what were, what were some of your early challenges? Ooh. Struggling with time. So You had a full-time job. Yeah, and, a, and four, four kids. kids. <laughs> yeah. 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 So that was a struggle. So how did you... Um, manage that initially got him on board so i talked to him and said listen uh guys i'm about to, i'm about to hit it hard for a little while but if i make if i get to this point we hadn't really hadn't gone to disney yet i said i'm taking the whole family to disney mm. and i hit that and they were tickled you know we all took <laughs> off yeah you know so i got him on board on willingness mm-hmm. um to be there with me and understand i'm about to put some time in because i've got to right um but, but that was probably the biggest thing was time management. Um, just trying to figure out. So that was pretty smart. Yeah. Right, getting them bought in. Are they still bought in? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes. 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 How old are your kids? Got two that are 14, one that's 13, and one that's 11. 15. Yeah. Wow. So you got started pretty early. Yeah. All right. And then I was also looking at this. You were a high school dropout. I am. Yeah. So, but you still got a really good job. How'd you manage that? Because I can sell. <laughs> I, I, I faked it till I made it, really. Yeah. And that's the truth. Um, I dropped so out of high you're a natural school. salesperson. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. My, my father was a regional sales manager, and he, he had conferences all over Northeast and taught mm. people how to sell. Your dad taught how to sell. Mm-hmm. Yes. Gotcha. And so I would go to those conferences, and as a kid, I'd kind of listen, mm. and I'd pick up stuff, you know? All right. And... Um, and what let me know where I could sell was I sold Kirby vacuum cleaners door to door. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's one of those things you see Kirby on a resume. It's like, okay, this guy can sell. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, and I, I asked this question cause uh, I got kids myself and one of the coolest things is being a sales trainer is watching them pick it up. Yeah. And they're going to be super dangerous. Like whoever they run into in the future, I feel bad for them. Uh, cause they're, they're monster salespeople already. You already know kids are natural uh, salespeople. Yeah. And then now we give them the tools as well. Um, now, you started with nothing? Or you said you are a credit card debt. Yes, yeah, yeah. I actually put Adam and them's, my wife's listening, oh gosh. I put Adam and them's course on credit card. Okay. Yeah. How much was that? Um, I think it was a thousand bucks when they first did their thing. Mm, that's a lot more now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. was a lot of value. <laughs> <laughs> I was there for I was in their first training, actually. Oh, you were. I was. Yeah, I was in their first first deal. All right. So let's just do a quick pivot here. Um, you're talking about giving a house away. 
Yes. That sounds like nonsense <laughs> or a scam. Yeah. <laughs> What's that about? Yeah. We, um, me and my partners, Jeremy uh, and Daniel, um, we kind of have a heart for people. Mm -hmm. And um, we had talked about when we sat down and set our goals, um, we wanted to set goals as far as for the company and then for personal goals as well. And one of the goals for a 10-year goal is to give away a million bucks. Our goal. That's huge. Yeah. And, um, and one way that we can accomplish that is by giving away real estate. So that goes into that goal. Mm -hmm. um, and then it's, it's expanded from there. So it was initially just a thought, just a cool, this is what kind of what we want to do. Mm -hmm. Starting to become reality. Um, but also it's to help somebody in need. So um, that's kind of where it comes in from giving away who we're going to give it away to. Got it. All that. So what exactly, um, who's getting the house? We don't know the name and I really probably couldn't get it out, give it out anyway, but um, it'll be some, it'll be someone that's been in the trafficking industry, somebody that had been trafficked, a young woman that had been trafficked. Um, so someone rescued. Yes. Yes. And so uh, I'm rallying the community and then I have some really good people um, as, as far as in the um, Christian community that are willing to kind of donate some stuff as well. But um, rallying the community, and this is what we're asking for, is people that are in Lee County or in Tupelo or, or anywhere, really, if just caring about somebody else that they have no, no idea who it is. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, if they're willing to do a little bit of labor, they're willing to donate a little bit of um, money or materials, um, that's what we wanted to do is rally the community to love on somebody else instead gotcha. of themselves. So um, this is a charity that you work with who is identified or going to identify an individual. And when, and this is, I mean, what was it? Um, what was that TV shows like dream makeover? Mm. Right. So basically, or maybe like habitat for humanity situation where someone that's in a horrible, obviously terrible situation yeah. and you're giving them a fresh start. Absolutely. Got Somewhere it. they can feel safe and they don't know anybody and don't have to worry about running from somebody. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to sound terrible, but like, Kind of like in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So. Yeah. Got it. Okay, so let's talk about your business today, right? We talked about your journey, how you got here. What does your business look like at this very moment? Yeah, so we have built out a team. We've built out an operating system or a CRM. Mm -hmm. So we now own a Podio system that we use. Um, we um, currently text message. We cold call. We send out mailers. We have... Um, um, uh, Facebook marketing. We also do, we have a website. So we do a lot of forms of marketing. Um, and then I have acquisition managers inside the office. Uh, we have a, an assistant, basically a personal assistant between me, Jeremy and Daniel. That's just basically herding rats because we're all over the place. Yeah. Um, Business owners. Yeah. And, um, and then, and so what are, what we do currently actively, we're looking for flips. Mm-hmm but we will grab wholesales and hotels as well. So we're calling uh, once the, the, the lead comes into the system, we're actively running that. Our acquisition department's running that lead, locking it up over the phone uh, if we can. You know, sometimes we'll go run the appointment, but uh, lock it up over the phone. And then, um, and then we're trying to get to the virtual side of flipping as well, which we can get into if you wanted to. But yeah. Um, and then we're just flipping that property, putting it on the MLS. So 
a lot of people are always asking like what list hot list this and that yeah 44,000 people yeah. is there a list or you just go after everybody <laughs> no there's a list and you have to be targeted okay so who are you targeting yeah um anything distressed yeah. you know same thing as anybody else right um the but is there a particular one that you like better than others as crazy as it sounds absentee owners yeah that's the best one man his landlords get tired yeah they'll never get tired <laughs> yeah but i imagine in mississippi is really easy to evict somebody it is it's not terrible yeah yeah and they're still tired yeah <laughs> yeah Gotcha. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, but yeah, we still target. I mean, I don't, you know, our marketing costs right now, our marketing budget mm. on average is somewhere around 4500 bucks a month. Mm. If that gives you an idea. <laughs> yeah, I wish mine was that. Yeah. Now we'll pull big lists, you know, yeah. and there'll be a large dollar amount associated with that. But on average, somewhere between 4500 and 5000 a month. Gotcha. Okay. And then you're, you're attacking, so you pull this list, you're attacking that list from all angles. Absolutely. So... Texting, RVM, cold calling. No RVM. No RVM. No RVM. Why no RVM? Two things. In my opinion, I could hit everybody with RVM in a month mm -hmm. with the size deal I'm dealing with, mm -hmm. right? The other thing is there's a little bit of legalities to it, and I don't know if I really want to go down that road. Same as texting. It is. It is. But I'm hoping it's not going to be as bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think the rules are any. I think they're the exact same rules. Okay. Texting, RVM. But everyone's got different, you know, preferences. Um, Leon Johnson, two studs in the same room. I quote him all the time. He's a great, great, uh, wise um, mentor. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Yeah, they're saying Adam and Brent are amazing. Corey G says you're solid. 36 deals your first year. So Candace Anu wants to know, when did you decide to scale? Mm, I didn't really scale because, in all honesty, I have no desire to be any kind of technical guy. Okay. So if I can do it on my cell phone, I'm happy as a glark. Okay. So I really didn't decide to scale until I got business partners that were smarter in different areas than me. Mm -hmm. Jeremy is extremely intelligent and knowledgeable about the technical side. Yeah. So setting up podio, all that stuff would have took, it would have been, I would have pulled my hair out. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so uh, Daniel was very good at negotiating and dealing with contractors. Just awesome at it, you know, yeah. and then not counting other stuff, stuff that both of them are good at. But those two things for me, I struggle with a little bit. And I sell ice to an Eskimo, absolutely, if mm -hmm. that's what I needed to do. But negotiating with contractors or doing anything technical like that, oh, my gosh. Yeah. So that's and what so really it wasn't you decided to scale. You decided to partner with other people yeah. whose strengths happened to be your weaknesses. Absolutely. And then when they said it's hand to scale, you're like, let's go. Let's go. All right. Yeah. Well, as a matter of fact, as soon as we partnered, it was wide open. Yeah. It was wide open because we all knew each other's strengths. Gotcha. Yeah. How did you connect with your partners? I'd sold them some deals. Got it. And they, we went to a conference together, uh, just become friends. We have the same kind of values. Mm -hmm. You know, we're going in the same direction. I mean, I think that's really important, the values component. Yeah. Uh, not enough people talk about the importance of values uh, within an organization. Uh, so Candace wants to know, then, what markets are you in? I'm still in Mississippi, so, um, you know, just local markets, Tupelo, Starville. Uh, we're branching out into some other markets that some smaller markets like Amory and actually that may only have, um, I don't even know how many Amory has, maybe 10, 15,000 people, but really smaller markets, but um, but but still in a radius of where we're at. We're, we haven't gotten 100% comfortable yet on the virtual flipping side to say, I want to go to Nashville and do that or whatever. Yeah. Okay. 
Uh, how many multifamilies do you own? Um, four. Four currently. And then okay. some mini storage as well. Gotcha. And who's managing all of them? Christy. Christy is managing. Yeah, she works in our office. Okay, so yeah. in-house managed. Yes. Not using a third party. No. Okay. So some people would say you're crazy. <laughs> uh, why self-manage versus hiring out somebody else to do it? Uh, you just have more control. Mm -hmm. You have more control. You can see the numbers. Um, and, you know, you know who's on your team. Christy is absolutely phenomenal at what she does. You don't have to worry about her trying to sell some other rental or get some other property occupied. She's focused on your properties. Or put any cash in her pocket. There's yeah. 100% trust there. You know, yeah. she's great. Um, is Leon helping you with that? As far as what? Like, I know, like, I, I haven't gotten into it, but like master leasing and this and that. He, yeah, so I actually did that. So Mr. Leon is probably the best book you could ever get a hold of, okay, in any kind of rental. And right. uh, so I'll pick his brain if I can. Mm -hmm. And he helped me. When I first started, that was actually the first thing I did was some type of master lease, and that's how I got my, my feet wet in rentals. And Mr. Leon kind of guided me on that. Yeah. And he's guided a lot of people. So for the those that are listening right now, would you care to elaborate what master leasing is? Mm. Yes, basically negotiating with a um, with an owner of a house and getting that house under a lease and then subleasing that house out to another individual. Mm -hmm. So basically subletting. Gotcha. Um, let's see what else was there. Corey G wants to know, what is your average assignment fee? Uh, right now we're pacing about 9,700 because we had a few low ones. Mm -hmm. We track that pretty regularly. Um, so we're pacing around 9,700 currently within the first, what, four months of where we're at. Um, on average, we're going to be probably in that twelve to $15,000 range. Um, but then if there's times where you take a thousand dollar wholesale fee, cause it's going to pay for marketing. Right. Yeah. Or you just want to help somebody. Yeah. Um, how many rentals do you want to own? I go back and forth, you know, um, I'd like to have a thousand doors if I could. Yeah. And I don't think that's, I think within the few next few years, I think that's very viable. Definitely very viable. Yeah. Um, and Benjamin wants to know if you could have coffee with someone dead or alive, who would it be? Mm. Wow. Um, well, one, I'm, I have the opportunity to sit here. So this is a big one right now where I'm at. Um, but I would say if I had the opportunity, I, I guess it'd be Jesus. Fair enough. Um, and Candace wants to know, are there any masterminds you're a part of? Um, I was a part of some and ended up getting too busy, which is the dumbest thing I could say, <laughs> but it's the truth, uh, what I told myself. And so currently, yes and no, we've got a couple of things with my partners that we mm -hmm. do where we get together, um, we're going, um, fishing, trophy fishing, and we're going to get together with a group of guys and, um, just talk shop, you know, which is going to be great. Um, and then we're going to eventually build something out ourselves, but, um, currently, Oh yeah, red fishing, be awesome, Louisiana. Right. Um, Adrian Odin wants to know who do you look to as a mentor? Mr. Leon is a very good mentor. Adam is still a mentor of mine. Mm -hmm. um, uh, he's incredibly encouraging, and then he also has a ton of knowledge. Um, Don't you think Adam's too nice? No, 
I think he's too nice. <laughs> he's too darn nice. Yeah. Don't trust him. Yeah. There's an angle in there somewhere. <laughs> um, Alan T wants to know, uh, when you started out cold calling, what helped you stay consistent and organized? Oh, um, I would say Google Sheets and uh, and sticky pads or notepads. Yeah. Because and I think that the, the truth here is that it's not the system. No. It's the desire. It's the, you had a job that you didn't care to stay at. Yeah. Right? So the pain was bigger. The pain of staying at work was bigger than the pain of cold calling. Absolutely. Yeah. All day long. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's something like, you know, when, when I hear this question, like, how do you, you know, stay motivated cold calling? It's like, obviously, whatever you're doing right now is not sucking enough. Yeah. 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 Well, and two, you know, I had a desire. So going back to with my father, um, when he was out teaching these people how to sell, well, these were uh, successful business owners. And I would get in their really cool B12 Mercedes and they'd take me somewhere. You know? mm. I'm just this little nine-year-old kid, 12-year-old kid, whatever. And, uh, and I'd ask him, how could I, how do I do this? And every one of them would tell me, you can't work for somebody else. Mm. You've got to work for yourself. Yeah. And so that's always been in the back of my mind. So, you know, I'd started a business pre-08, just mm. decorative concrete business. I wanted to work for myself, just listening to these guys. You know, but I, I'm not smart. I'm still a redneck from Mississippi. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but probably didn't hurt to be surrounded by other business owners, right? Like your mind was probably a little bit more open. Yeah. Um, that's the one thing I have as a blessing uh, is that my dad went to real estate seminars mm. and would drive me to them, and I hated them. Yeah. Right? And then we had someone else who ended up starting one of the biggest private money lending companies in Phoenix, right, with someone that my dad has a mentor. Yeah. And we didn't do anything with that information or that connection. But, man, I got to see how his nice house. Yeah, absolutely. Right? So I still remember asking my parents, you know, why is this guy's guest house bigger than our house? <laughs> and they didn't have an answer. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so Joseph Prather wants to know what's the best advice for someone in, in these small markets of 50 K and less population. The best advice I can give you is just talk to people. Ultimately, if you're not talking to people, it doesn't matter what system you have in place, what process you do. If you're not talking to people and selling, it doesn't matter what you do. Yeah. So, so that's the best advice I can say is Talk to every real estate person that you can talk to, any kind of real estate agent, any kind of anybody. If you're anywhere wherever you are, I go to the gas station. The woman's sitting there talking, and she's a little bit talkative. I'm, how's your day today? You doing all right? Mm -hmm. You know? And then well, you wouldn't happen to know anybody that's got a house for sale, do you? Because I buy them. Mm -hmm. You'll be surprised. I've bought two that way from gas station talking to somebody across the thing. Are you an extrovert? Um, yeah, I am. Okay. Yeah. Uh, one thing I have, I have this idea, this theory, I haven't tested it yet. Okay. I have this theory that extroverts are terrible salespeople, but they're natural billboards. They <laughs> okay. walk around and they tell everybody what they do. And if you walk around, tell everyone what you do. You don't even have to be good at sales. Yeah. That makes sense. Right, everyone knows what you do. Yeah. Right. So anyway, that's just a theory. Uh, so Jeff Bardis says absentee owners are the best. Uh, let's see what else is there. Uh, Aaron Gonzalez wants to know how old were you when you got into real estate? Oh, I was, uh, let's see, I'm 38 now. So you're just a child. 35. Just a child. <laughs> uh, when did you turn it 
into a system, I imagine a business. When did you turn this into a business? It was last year, really, when it became a, a true business. Otherwise, yep. it was a side hustle. And were there any major changes that put, that turned it into a healthy system? It was systems, putting systems in place. Mm-hmm. Where, like today, you know, I'm here in Phoenix, and my guy at the office is texting me saying, "Hey, I can get this house for eighteen grand. Do you want? What do you want me to do?" And I'm like, "Lock that sucker up," <laughs> you know. All right. Those systems, it's already in place now, and so I can actually go do things like this, and I've got great people and great systems in place now that yeah. can be a business that runs with if I'm not there, you know. So this is going to be a little bit of a self-brag. Uh, so, but, you know, Ryan Pineda, he was out here a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And turns out, you know, we're doing two deals together. Like, we're both friends. Yeah. But we don't really talk business. Yeah, yeah. And like I find out, it's like, oh, we're doing two deals with Ryan, and Ryan here's some of the team. Oh, by the way, we're doing two deals with Steve. <laughs> and it's just crazy, right? If you have the right systems in place, everything takes care of itself. Yeah. Uh, so Dean McCall wants to know what is the name of the book by Mr. Leon. Oh, well, it's not a book. It's not a book. Yeah. Leon is a book himself. Yeah, Leon Johnson. He was actually one of our guests. I want to say maybe either last year or the year before. Maybe last year. Yeah, I remember. Uh, but wealth of knowledge. I still can't believe, you know, like when you start talking on stage about his history and this and that, it's like, this guy was at a real estate seminar before I was born. Yeah. Right. The amount of, and the amount of seminars that he's been to since. Oh, really? Oh, man. He's, he continues to feed himself. And I think that's part of this industry. Mm-hmm. You can't be stagnant and think that you know everything. Right. Like, I want to learn something new because it makes it fun for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yes, Leon Johnson. Um any impact on your business as far as the eviction moratoriums? None whatsoever. Yeah, I think that just goes back to being in Mississippi. <laughs> uh, Mr. Adam Johnson, Mr. Nice Guy, wants to know the biggest mental hurdle that you had along the way and how did you overcome it? Oh, gosh. It, it kind of makes me think he knows something that he's trying to get out of me. Mm-hmm. Um, the biggest mental hurdle, I guess the biggest mental hurdle that um, that I dealt with was Honestly, I guess believing in myself, even though I knew I could do it, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And I guess that kind of comes a little bit to the not wanting to quit your job. Yeah. Right. You want you wanted a little bit of safety and security. And, and there's times where, you know, I want uh, approval from people. Yeah. You know? And, uh, and so that's, that was another one, you know, it was like my wife can give me approval all day long, but she's going to support me no matter what I do. Right. Yeah. Um, and I love her for that. But I needed approval from somebody else that says, you know what? You can do this and you're going to be okay. Yeah. Some external validation. Yeah, absolutely. Gotcha. And that makes sense. Uh, Luis Garcia wants to know, how do you hold your assets? LLC, land trust? Yeah, we do LLCs for the most part. Our business, uh, our flip business is an Mm S-Corp. We have it set up as an S-Corp and we take salaries and then we take owner disbursements on every quarter. And we've set it up. I don't know if you've ever... um, uh, read the book Profit First. Mm-hmm. We set our business up in the Profit First method. Yeah. One of the best things, for those of you guys listening, one of the best things you can do is run your finances, the Profit First model, which is just kind of silly, you know? Yeah. Pay yourself first. Like we all learn it. Yeah. We don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> so the book really hits hard why you need to do it. Yeah. Um, E-Baddy wants to know, do you have any VAs that work for you in your business? We do. Yes. Yes. Have um, multiple cold callers uh, that work and then also tech, um, VAs that that text for us as well. Uh, what service are you using? I don't handle that part of it, so I couldn't tell you exactly. Uh, Samantha uh, wants to know what 
when cold calling, does your team have a script? Yes, we do have a script, uh, and we we um, there's two things. So there's a script um, for the VAs, mm-hmm. and then there's also a, a script for the the um, our, our in-house team. So gotcha. And then there's also a script for the text messages. So if, as the text messages come through, there's responses for that. What are you using right now for text messaging? Batch. Batch. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, and Joseph Prado wants to know how much time did you put towards your business with a full-time job and your family? Uh, as much time as I can do anytime I could literally. And I was talking about this today. I would be laying in bed and I would be listening to podcasts on an AirPod while me and my wife are watching TV and I'm actually listening to podcasts, right? How are those conversations? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But that, that's, <laughs> that's what I did. And I had to, yeah. to be able to be successful. It's full. Right. I, because I didn't have time. Otherwise I had to learn. I had to continue to learn because I didn't know. I still don't know everything. And I surely didn't know hardly anything then. I was just winging it. Yeah. You know, and um, and so I had to I had to learn and then had to just give every waking moment that I wasn't spending time with my family or spending time at work. I was having to I was hustling, trying to make a deal happen. Yeah. And I think that's one of the uh, things that people don't recognize, you know, when they're getting in and like they, they might give up a little faster. Mm. Is that part where. You have to make sacrifices. This doesn't just come easy. No. You know, they say like this doesn't work. It's like, have you given up anything? Like, have you actually sacrificed anything? Mm. Right. I'm sure you weren't having the funnest conversations with your wife yeah. when you're listening to it. And I, and I experienced that myself. Yeah. Right. It's like, you know, what, what, um, what comes first? Yeah. Yeah. Family does, but we need to make money. Absolutely. <laughs> I have a goal and I want to know where I want to be. Yeah. And I want to retire. Um, so let's see what else we got here. Uh, Brian Bell wants to know who was your first hire. Our first hire was um, our assistant Ashley, mm-hmm. and um, without her, you know, the it wouldn't stay organized. She's our organization. And are there any realtors on your team? Absolutely. So Ashley has become a realtor now. Um, we have Ricky. Ricky Murphy is the bomb, right? And he works for a realty company there. I love him to death. Okay, and he hustles for us. And we give them a bunch of deals, a bunch of listings. Um, and but at the same time, you know, we we still couldn't figure out how to make just a little bit more profit because we were paying that six percent. And uh, and if you think about doing ten million in gross sales a year, six percent is a ton. Mm-hmm. And so, how do we capture some of that? So, Ashley got her real estate license, or she's uh, she's in the process. She's almost finished with it. And um, um, and then we've kind of broken it up, and, and Ricky's still on board with us, you know, about he's going to continue to work with us, and him and Ashley are going to work as a team. So, Gotcha. Yeah, so we're going to capture some more of that percentage back into the business to help cover some of those costs. And one thing you and I were talking about um, offline was you're going to start listing your properties off the MLS. Yes. Talk about that. Yeah, you're talking about the wholesales? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that, that's something that um, somebody had brought up to us. Um we are currently doing the hotels, so we're currently hotelling them. Uh, somebody had brought up the, the right now. The market is so hot that listing those hotels on the market um, and getting you know that kind of value back was was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that you could do that. I didn't know that that was legal. Gotcha. So, um, so that's something right there that we're highly looking into as far as putting them on the market. But I need to ultimately, I need to get it to where. I need to fully understand 
if it doesn't sell within a certain time frame, how do we take it down? We're going to have to take it down because mm-hmm. I don't want to be that company that doesn't do what we say we're going to do. Right. Yep. And so for those of you guys that are watching, we're talking about equitable interest, listing in a property in MLS with equitable um, interest. And Vincent wants to know how long ago did you start real estate? Uh, November of 18. So um, almost three years now. Almost three years. So what is your why? Yeah, my wife would kind of argue with me a little bit because she thinks that this isn't something that I really should be thinking about. But my why is to provide for my family mm-hmm. and I have a certain vision of how that provision is. That's my vision. And the hope is <clears throat> that I can make enough cash flow where that time is spent with them even more. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I'll ever quit working. You know, I, I'd say I want to retire at 45. Retiring at 45 doesn't mean that I'm done working. Yeah. You know. Um, but I would say my why is just, I've got a goal in mind for what I think my family should look like. And that's where I'm, that's where I'm headed. Gotcha. And what is your biggest struggle right now? Biggest struggle right now is market. We need more deals. (laughs) We've got to find more deals. Yeah. uh, Everyone, everyone's dealing with that right now. Yeah. Um, so obviously you're naturally motivated. Mm. How do you get motivated again when, you know, you get knocked down and Mm. so on? Yeah, yeah. Um, You got to have good people to rally around you because, you know, ultimately you can beat yourself down internally, Mm -hmm. but those good people that come around you and you can talk to and say, man, this, I suck today. Yeah. And they say, shut up. Put your big boy panties on. Let's go. You know? <laughs> yeah, I do. Uh, that's, that's awesome. Uh, so Alan T wants to know. So Elon Musk was once asked to give words of encouragement to entrepreneurs. And allegedly he said, if you need encouragement, you should be an entrepreneur. Okay. Do you agree or disagree? Uh, I disagree. I think everybody needs encouragement in their life at some mm-hmm. point. Gotcha. Why do you feel that way? Um, because life happens, you know, and it may not be that everybody has a business mindset or wants to be any type of entrepreneur, Mm -hmm. but you still have life. Yeah. And so, you know, no matter what happens, you still need somebody to rally around you and encourage you. Uh, Sammy wants to know, how do you actually list wholesale deals? Basically just get them under contract and go to the realtor and say, Hey, we've got this property. We want to list it on the MLS. Let's list it. Yep. And make sure you guys check your local markets, whether you can do that or not. It is different per market. Uh, and Corey wants to know how, what my thoughts are on it. I think it's a great idea. I just won't personally do it because I'm a broker and I don't need any more targets on my back. I have enough targets already. Um, let's see what else we got in here. Um, where and how do you manage the funds for over 20 flips at a time? Oh, uh, Ashley, he covers our butt. So the way, if you want to, do you want to kind of break out our structure? How yes. Okay. All right. So what we do is we have, um, we have private investors we've found and we've talked to and communicated with that trust us and know that we're going to provide them with good, good service, but then also guarantee that we're going to give them their money back. And so we say, Hey, Mr. Private Investor, we found this deal. Would you be interested in going in with us? Absolutely. So they give us, let's just say, a hundred grand. Okay, 
we're giving them an X amount of return and then X amount of kicker at the end. Okay. And um, <clears throat> so um, we'll take that property down, uh, get it under contract, take it down. Ashley coordinates with the closing attorneys. She coordinates then with the sellers um, and the private money lenders to get everything closed out. We get enough money off the private money lender to rehab the property. We then start the rehab process and we start and, and we have a spreadsheet and Google Sheets and then we also use Podio. So mm-hmm. our Podio system keeps track, but I can take my phone and pop up Google Sheets. It's simple and easy. So we keep that. Um, we go through the rehab process. Ashley coordinates paying contractors um, for the most part. Um, and then Daniel handles um, that side of it. So I'll do an initial walkthrough on the rehab and say, okay, we're going to need mm, 25 grand for the rehab on this house. I'll let Daniel know the budget that I come up with just through the preliminary walkthrough. He does a, a walkthrough with the contractor. The contractor gives him a price on what he thinks it is. They negotiate, and pretty much usually we're pretty close to being spot on on where the contractor's going to be because we know our contractors. Yeah. You know? um, and we, once we do the rehab process, we list it on the MLS. <clears throat> if it wasn't for Ashley, I wouldn't be able to keep all of it straight. So it's key people in our office that are coordinating in key moments that we need done that are helping all this flow like it is. I think we had 22 flips going at one time the other day or whatever, you know, uh, and they're in different processes, right? So you've got a beginning stage where we're acquiring the property to the rehab process, to the listing process, to it's under contract and being sold. So in that. How much do you and your partners personally have out on the streets with that? And how much private money do you have out on the streets? Yeah. Yeah. So we have zero personally, Mm -hmm. um, minus what the business pays, you know, of course, on expenses or whatever. Yeah. Um, So we don't, and and except for the company does fund some of the deals as well. So if we have tax money that's sitting in because of profit first, Mm -hmm. we have a tax account, that money's sitting there. Well, we fund a deal with that tax account, of course. Mm -hmm. Um, So we will do that. But I think you said you're not supposed to touch that money. But anyway. <laughs> so um, anyway, so and then somewhere anywhere in the range, it varies from, um, you know, a million to, to two, two and a half million dollars in, in private money at some point in fashion going back and forth. Who's raising private money for your company? All, all of us. So our three, uh, that's main. Jeremy is the main guy that's tasked to do that. But then we all three kind of it's kind of a conglomerate. Because gotcha. private money's what 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 we run on. And then Aaron's follow up question is: How many private money lenders do you want to have? You know, I don't really have an answer for that because some we want to build relationships. Because what I want ultimately is I would love for our private money people to make enough and feel comfortable enough with us that when we've got a two or three million dollar deal and we need a down payment. Or whatever, mm-hmm. we can go to them and say, "Hey, look, we're going to need seven hundred fifty thousand um, dollars. Are you interested in providing that? You know what you're going to get with us, and and stay along with us, and we become partners and teams in different avenues on larger deals." Gotcha. Um, Leo wants to know: Is there anything you can do different? If if there was anything you could do differently, what would that be? And this could be business, family, day to day life. Okay. If it's business, I would quit. I would have quit earlier. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Um, I think I was in your ear too at dinner. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, if with family, um, I would, 
I'd apologize to my kids more for mistakes I've made. <laughs> Wise words. Yeah. Um, so I think those are the two biggest things. And then, the, you know, the last thing is make sure that I stand on my faith like I'm supposed to. Um, besides rental, what are your other uh, passive forms of income? Or what other forms of passive income? Yeah. A um, little bit of Bitcoin, not very much. Um, that's really it. I mean, I'm all in invested in real estate in some shape, form, or fashion. And you're only buying in Mississippi? Yes, currently. Well, um, now we will buy apartment complexes all over the country, depending on where they're at. How are you getting those? Various different leads. So um, we've also now built out another side to Simple Home Exits, which is Simple Home Exits Commercial mm -hmm. Division. And that commercial division is now marketing to multifamily and so on that marketing, um, we're either going to take it down and wholesale it to ourselves or other people or, um, or take those multifamilies down. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, what, um, what are some of the biggest mistakes that you learned from mm. Joshua Ortiz? Yeah. Biggest mistakes. I say continuing to make sure you are two things. Number one, continue to make sure that you maintain the relationships that are truly bringing you value. There's times where you let some relationships that truly bring you value kind of go because you you're off on your rat race. Mm -hmm. okay. The second thing is um, make sure you do as much social media and document everything you do every time you can. Yeah. Don't fail at that because you're going to look back and you're going to be like, dang, I should have documented where I was at. Yeah. And you're not the first person to say that. All right. There's uh, who was on the show. Um, Matt, Matthew Simmons. Okay. All right. He's like, he made a bold plan. I'm going to make, I'm going to do a million dollars my first year. And he was going to document it. Mm. And he never did. Mm. And he made a million in his first year. Oh, I've been amazing. Yeah. What a story awesome. to follow. Right? Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And I still fell at it today. You know, yeah. do it like I'm supposed to. So you mentioned that you neglected some important relationships. Yeah. Am I sharing what those neglected relationships or those relationships you neglected were? Yeah. Um, I would say, you know, key men in my life that would coach me on not business related stuff, you know, just life in general. Um, and then you get caught up in the business and that is, that becomes more important. So it's just, um, you know, key religious men that would kind of lead me and say, you know what, this is probably the better decision to make. Mm -hmm. um, but also some of the business guys, you know, I was, I was staying up on uh, Facebook a little bit better and I was doing some things and some people would comment. Um, and even in Facebook groups, there would be people that would bring value because you didn't think at it, think about it in a certain way. Mm -hmm. And, um, and just kind of failed at that too. What is your superpower? Mm, talking to people, making relationships. You're a natural born sales salesperson. Yeah, yeah. I, I I like to learn about people. Yeah, I think that might also be closely uh, in tied with uh, one external validation as well, right? Yeah. Right. You like people. Yeah. And the flip side of that usually is you also want to be liked. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is there a book you've gifted? More than any other? I would say there was a book that I've told people about more than any other, which would be Profit First. Profit First? Yeah. Yeah, we've mentioned it a few times. Yeah. The other one, though, I would say would be the Robert Kiyosaki book. Um, which one? Um, 
Oh, I just got a brain brain freeze. Rich Dad Poor Dad. Rich Dad Poor Dad. Yeah. Very eye opening for yeah. a lot of people. Uh, so it looks like we've got all the questions answered. Um, so I want you to think about something you want to leave the listeners with. Parting thought. I'll make a few quick announcements. Um, guys, if you get value today, please like, comment, share. It helps us reach more people. Next week, we got April Molina coming in. She's going to be talking about how she went from massive debt, which I think was $600,000 worth of debt. Oh, my gosh. To paying it off and making six figures a month. So if that's something that would be of interest, tune in next week. What are your parting thoughts? Yeah. So this is something that um, that I started pre our business, but it's also something that we've implemented in our business and is our number one motto for our company. And that's care about people, not about profit. People first. Awesome. If someone wants to get a hold of you, how would they do that? They can email me at uh, Sean at simple home exits with a Z dot com. They can also check me out on Facebook, Sean O'Rourke. Uh, or the, our our Facebook page, um, message me on Facebook. Um, or, you know, if they want to give me a shout, you know, if they want to give me a call or whatever we need to do, I'll connect anyway, and I love to help people. Awesome. Thank you guys for watching. Thank you. It was an absolute pleasure. Thanks, man.